Amen. Well, good morning, church. Good to see you on this brisk Sunday morning. Uh, my name is Justin, one of the pastor's elders here at Peninsula Grace, and there are 10,000 reasons for my heart to find, and we gather here under one name, uh, but we come from many places this week, and maybe for some of us, there are 11,000 reasons that we find in our heart to praise him. Maybe some of us are trying to find one. But we come here, regardless of where you are in your life circumstance, gathered under one roof to sing one name, and his name is Jesus. My prayer is that we would, each of us, wherever we're at today, in a unified voice, praise his name and receive Jesus as the sufficiency to meet us where we're at, and that we as a body would weep with those who are weeping today and rejoice with those who are rejoicing. That Jesus is enough, and because we have all we need in Christ, we want to freely give away what we've freely received from him, and there's some unique opportunities for us to take advantage of that in this Christmas season that I want to highlight with us before I introduce our guest speaker for today. And it's just been amazing the way that God pieced just this service together today. And so there's there's two, uh, we, we typically, Christmas Eve service is coming up uh, on, uh, it, we're, this year we're going to celebrate it on the 24th of December, uh, which we're innovative. So 4 o'clock and 5.30, we're going to be having Christmas Eve services right here at, at the church. Uh, and what we're going to do every year, if you've been with us, we take up a love offering uh, on Christmas Eve. And half of the love offering typically goes to Love, Inc., Love in the Name of Christ. Leslie just shared about the amazing things that God's doing in and through that ministry. And then the other half, we typically give to our benevolent fund. That is um, for those within our church who are in need, where we have a, a fund there to give to someone uh, in, in, a, in a tangible financial way when they're hurting uh, it, God has blessed us, and, and the generosity of our Father seen in our people is so evident, and we have more than enough in that benevolent fund, so this year we've prayed about it and said, you know what, God, we just want to give all of that away. We're gonna, we, we are, y'all are taking care of each other's needs in-house, and so what we want to do is we want to give half of it to Love, Inc., as we had, and the other half of that love offering will be given to the Freedom House, and it just so happened, right, that today, as we were going to announce that, that, that Le Leslie was coming to share from Love, Inc., and then our guest speaker today is running the Men's Freedom House. <laughs> so God is at work, and we are excited. So you come Christmas Eve, you can give that way. You can also go online to the Give link, and if you're not going to be here Christmas Eve, or you came and you're like, dude, it's 2021, I don't have cash or check on me, uh, you can click on the link, and there is a, under our Give option, you can scroll down to a specific fund designated for our Christmas Eve love offering. Half that's going to go to Freedom House and half of that to Love, Inc. The other cool way to give is uh, last week we said there's a Christmas tree out front. We put a bunch of paper ornaments on it, and those are some practical things. We're going to give a financial gift, but also buy some practical things that both the that Love, Inc. needs uh, to meet our neighbors in need, and also Freedom House. If you're not familiar with Freedom House, it's a it's a men's and women's, uh, two, two different buildings we have here in Soldatna that are helping uh, rehabilitate uh, and recover those coming out of addiction, um, and so God's been blessing that through Jen Waller, uh, heading up the women's house, Derek here at the, the men's house. And so we just put up a bunch of ornaments in the tree, cleaning supplies and different, different clothes for youngsters and things. And I went out after second service and there was literally one ornament left on there. So just incredible. And so we just restocked it. So there's some more ornaments there today. Uh, some more things that the uh, Love Inc. had contacted us with ways we could help. So on the way out the door today, if you just want to check out on your left, there's a Christmas tree with some paper ornaments. Pray about it as a family, as an individual. You could grab one of those and you could bring it back to the church anytime throughout the week at the office or next Sunday. We're going to try to have all those things gathered uh, by December 20th. The details are in your bulletin uh, with that as well. 
And, uh, and then the last thing is uh, talking with Leslie. I'm so excited about this homeless shelter. Uh, God has, we have been praying for a place uh, to be able to give shelter to um, those in our, in our home without, uh, in our community without one for years. Our church had volunteered to maybe be one of the buildings that people could stay at. We just didn't know how God was going to work that out, but he has. And I'm so excited. I called Leslie a few weeks ago, heard that. She praised the Lord. But there are some needs, not just the financial needs. Part of what our love offering will go to is that. But also, there are some part-time positions that are needed for being out there. Someone who can love and be able to show some love and truth, right? A little bit of backbone. So somebody who'd be willing to show some tough love at times uh, and some kind love. Talk to Leslie, if you or someone you'd know be interested in a part-time position out there. And then also they're going to need some volunteers to be able to stay there overnight uh, when we're housing uh, people in the shelter. So if that's something you'd be interested in, uh, let us know. We can connect you with Leslie and serve in that way. One of the things that we talked about in our vision series was reaching beyond our ourselves, that we are called um, to love the people around us, to love God, love our neighbor, and that as disciples, we die to our seed selves so that others may have life in Christ. We do that as individuals. We also do that as a church. We said this isn't just about peninsula grace. It's God using, he's blessing us, and then through his blessing to us, we offer that blessing to others. And so one of the ways we want to do that is to think outside of ourselves and partner with, encourage, and, 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 the, and come alongside other churches in our community. The best testimony we have to our community is that we are united, and not just as Peninsula Grace, but all the believers here on the peninsula, one name of Jesus, amen. So one of the ways we wanted to step into that, we've built a, a cool relationship with a sister church that's just become a plant here in the last couple of years, Acts 247. Uh, they reach out to those, especially just, they're a, a, a local church plant, and they've had a specific passion for those coming out of incarceration, uh, for the homeless population, and for those in addiction recovery. And so they've been meeting here. Uh, our church on Sunday nights. And over the last couple years, I've struck up a friendship with one of their pastors, Derek, and we've said, how can we encourage each other as churches? And so we had dreamed for a little while about doing a pulpit swap, and, and it was just perfect coming out of that vision series uh, to make this practical application step. And so Derek is going to be preaching uh, out of the word to us this morning, and I'm going to this evening come back here and preach to Acts 247. So we're excited to do that. And I would ask you, along with me, to give a warm Peninsula Grace welcome to Derek Black. Thanks, man. All right, how you guys doing? Awesome to be here with you guys. If you want to turn to Luke chapter 1, that's where we're going to be. Luke chapter 1. Love serving on staff at Freedom House. My technical title there is overseeing, I don't know if I have a title there, but overseeing discipleship over both homes. Richie, who's here, who just wants me to like give a shout out to him, I'm sure. He's our live-in manager uh, over at the men's house. So if there's anybody that keeps that place uh, chugging along at our men's place, that's Richie. So appreciate him and everybody that God's brought together on the team, on the staff over there, and Jen directing the whole thing there, and well, God really directing it. And just hearing how Justin mentioned there about uh, Love, Inc., and then also for Freedom House, we're just blown away at the generosity of the community and of other believers and churches uh, to keep ministries uh, like Freedom House and like Love in the Name of Christ going. Um, it's truly an amazing thing. So I also want to thank you guys as Peninsula Grace for our church, Acts 247, 
And that comes from the scripture, Acts chapter 2, verse 47, on how they lived out that community life together, and God added to their number daily those who were being saved. And we've been meeting here for a couple years uh, every other week on Sunday evenings, uh, 5 p.m., and then on the other weeks, we meet in house churches in the community. And so your hospitality and mission-mindedness as a church and it's not just us, like you guys know, I mean, the buildings, other organizations and ministries use and utilize this place is a kingdom-minded mentality, and it really shows the heart behind your staff and behind your elders and behind lay leaders and really just you as the people of God of Peninsula Grace, and it's beautiful. And so we thank you guys for that and having this opportunity to, to speak back and forth and have Justin with us tonight uh, gives an opportunity for... God's people at Acts to get to know Justin and, and a little bit more about what you guys are about, and then hopefully a little bit vice versa this morning. So we're going to jump into the Word, but let's collect our thoughts, a word of prayer. And God, I just thank you so much for your love for us and how you do break in and reveal to us your plan, your mission. And I pray, Holy Spirit, that you would use your word to speak to us, your people, this morning in this place. And I ask all this in Jesus' name. Amen. So the title on the screen up there is God Breaking In. And that's what we're going to be looking at in this familiar. If you've been in church at any time, you've been around Christmas season at any time, and religious-type backgrounds, you've probably heard... The Christmas story read over and over again. Well, we're going to re-enter this as well tonight, or tonight, this, see I'm used to night, see this morning, it's light outside, it's this morning, this morning, God breaking into your life. When I think back in my own life over the last three years, really blown away at, at what God has done, He has broken into my journey, into my story, my entire world today is really revolving in ministry around the recovery space of seeing men and women find recovery in Jesus and recovery out of backgrounds related to addiction. From our church, Acts 2.47, to my involvement with Freedom House, to my involvement in another side venture of mine, Choose Recovery, all of these things, I, this just hit me over this last year, all related to the area of addiction recovery. And I didn't see that coming. Like, but God has a way of taking moments of your life and preparing you for something in the right time, in the right way of him breaking in and redirecting something that he's been preparing you for all this time. And with that idea, I want us to think about this morning at how God broke in, in the Christmas story to Mary, but also then for you whether it's God breaking into your story or another person into your life or a circumstance in your situation, do you ever have that someone or that something crash into your life that makes a lasting impact? Someone whose influence changes your life for the better forever. What was your response to that one or to that situation Maybe it's your spouse when you met, when you least expected it, or maybe it's a friend or relationship or a job or, or, 
or seemingly a negative thing, but it turns out to be a beautiful positive thing. But whatever it or the person may be, it's something that breaks into your life, into your story, and redirects you for a glorious purpose. As Justin mentioned at the outset a second ago here, you guys have just finished this series on God's vision for you as a church over the next decade, the next 10 years, and looking at what it looks like to make disciples and to be about the mission of God and to be about planting of churches and that kind of thing and your role in that. And so now as we enter into, I think it was a Christmas series for you guys, we're going to be looking this morning at this perspective of the Christmas story from Mary. Now, in Mary's life, and the narrative of the story of Christmas unfolding, we see God breaking in with His incredible plan, and then Mary's humble place in it. So with that, I want to uh, read through a little bit of the flow of what happened in Luke chapter 1, where you're turned, and if you're on a digital device, uh, I'll be reading from the ESV, if you want to follow along Start with me, verse 26. Now, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David, and the virgin's name was Mary. He came to her and he said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. Now, what I said a minute ago, as far as like the familiarity with the Christmas story and hearing even this text read, if we can, and you probably hear this said, like if you hear Christmas messages every year, like, but I mean it. Like, if we can see this from a fresh perspective and God help us this morning to, to enter into this text and to really feel the weight in a new, fresh way at what's unfolding. And so you see then picking up in verse 29. Now in response to this, this is Mary. She was greatly troubled at the saying. And so she tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, sensing she's troubled, says, do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive... And your woman bear a son, and you should call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. The Lord God will give to him the throne of his father David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. I mean, this is like a big deal that she's being told here. It's like history itself of historical proportions in the making. And so Mary, verse 34, said to the angel, how will this be since I'm a virgin? The angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth in her old age has also conceived a son, And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren. There's multiple miracles going on in this text that she's finding out about. For nothing, verse 37, nothing will be impossible with God. Like, this is God breaking in with some impossible things, seemingly impossible things, in the realm of humanity. Verse 38, and Mary said, Behold, behold, 
I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. In verse 39, the story continues. In those days, Mary arose and went with haste into the hill country to a town in Judah. And she entered the house of Zechariah and greeted Elizabeth. And when Elizabeth heard the greeting of Mary, the baby leaped in her womb. And Elizabeth was filled with the Holy Spirit. And she exclaimed with a loud cry, Blessed are you among women, and blessed is the fruit of your womb. And why is this granted to me that the mother of my Lord should come to me? For behold, when the sound of your greeting came to my ears, the baby in my womb leaped for joy. And blessed is she who believed that there would be a fulfillment of what was spoken to her from the Lord. God breaking in here. So what we're going to see this morning in the verses after this, verses 46 through 56, is some ways that Mary responded to God intersecting her life and what we can learn from that. Mary responds in praise and in worship here to the revelation of God breaking into her life. And her song is filled with several areas that we can likewise bring praise to God for. And so we're just going to have those four on the screen up here just all together. And we're going to step through those one by one this morning. The first one that you'll see in verse 48 is she responds in humility and recognizing like her blessed legacy. So look in verse 46, Mary said, so she responds She says, my soul magnifies the Lord or blesses the Lord. It's like that song that we sang 10,000 reasons that we bless the Lord, we worship the Lord. I I like to think in this passage, like everything that's just happened and everything that's going through Mary's mind and just trying to like process it all. And I don't know like when this took place, if she's, you know, assumably there at Zachary and Elizabeth's place on this little trip that she went on. Maybe she's in in her her sleeping quarters. Maybe she's out looking at the night sky. I, I don't know, but somewhere this all sinks in the weight of what God has just told her and is revealing to her. And she responds in worship, in praise. So my soul magnifies the Lord. Verse 47, and my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. And then see verse 48. For he has looked on the humble estate of his servant. For behold, from now on, all generations will call me blessed. You see, Mary here, she felt humbled that God would call her to such an important task. One that would affect her very legacy. She seemed to realize the normal state, her normal state as this ordinary, simple woman of sorts. But her status would now be of the earthly mother of Jesus. And that would give her the status of being ultimately blessed. Now, especially for a society that placed a strong emphasis on women bearing children and uh, continuing the ethnic and familial legacies forward for the future Her legacy now would be the very centerpiece of all Scripture and of all history. She was now going to be a part of that, wrapped up in it, intersected in it. 
Thus, she was now directly included in the very salvation history of God's unfolding plan for the fullness of time. This simple, regular, regular woman, Mary. I think about my life today, your life today, our lives today. Do we realize the amazing reality that God has saved us? If you've come to Him in faith, that, that He even came to pursue you and me. You see, how that is to affect not just your position before God as, as that is super important, as critical as that is, so that way you know your sins are forgiven, the price is paid, you have a, a destination in heaven for eternity someday, but there's this peace that Mary seems to, to be grappling with and just in awe at and praising God about here, and that is that her generations from now, her, her, she's part of something that is going to outlast her. And in the mission of God that was unfolding then, and in the mission of God that we are a part of today and still unfolding today, your salvation, my salvation, my response, your response to the Jesus of Christmas is not just for me or for you, but it's for then us to continue to see generations in the future hear about the fame of Jesus, of God, and find the mission of God continue to move on and move on and move on. And so if you've responded to the good news that came through Christmas, then you too are included in this mysteriously awesome plan of God for humanity. So hopefully like, you can sense a little bit of Mary's awe in this text. Well, besides this humility and, and recognizing like her, she's like, man, I'm blessed and generations to come and this legacy and, and I'm not worthy for this. Secondly, in verse 49, you see she recognizes God's might and God's holiness. So verse 49, for he, still speaking of God here, who is mighty, has done great things for me, and holy is his name. Now, she, Mary here, as a Jew, knew evidently the scriptures, despite like even back at this time, uh, being a woman in that day, put them in a situation where, where they couldn't learn in the same way as like sitting under a rabbi and that kind of thing. But she still seemed to know how big of a deal this was. And the fact that, that Jesus, the way that Jesus came to Mary and revealed this to Mary and, and just the whole Christmas story unfolding in such an unconventional way and really controversial way and, and all these different pieces to it. Um, God's grace and His mercy is at display here in, in really beautiful ways. And so Mary seems to like understand how significant this is that Jesus is, is, is coming to her and, and, and her value in that, but her humility at the same time of understanding like, wow, God's might and His holiness and I don't deserve to be in this position. And that because she mentions these two pieces, God's might and God's holiness. We really see here two truths that are so fundamental to understanding really a theology of who God is. God's might, His strength, 
He's the Almighty One. He's the All-Powerful One. And yet His holiness, completely righteous. If you think about it, those characteristics alone level us as humanity, and we must take notice. Well, Mary took notice about all these things as they unfolded. And I imagine her sitting in quiet moments throughout her day or in the evening, reflecting on all that was taking place. The pregnancy, the vision, the sheer wonder and weight of like what was going on. Like the Son of God, Jesus is like in her, being formed in humanness. It's crazy. I've never been pregnant before. But... My wife, we have two boys, like, I remember those seasons, um, as a guy, I can't wrap my mind around that, I must have been going through Joseph's mind, and for, for the women in the room that have experienced that, just to place yourself in that position, and it's incredible. You know what? The holiness, okay, this concept of God's might, His power, but His holiness, in the, in the scriptures, in the Old Testament, God's presence dwelt with his people in the midst of that temple, right? In the, in the centerpiece of that temple, there was what was called the Holy of Holies. God's presence was there. Jesus' name in the, in the scriptures is foretold to be Emmanuel, which means God with us, God with his people. Now, as beautiful as that is for Mary and like for us identifying with that today, Whose presence do we have with us residing today? Right? Jesus says to his disciples in, in the book of Acts, like, wait here for power to come, and then you continue my mission that I've given you. The comforter, the one who will guide you into all truth, he's coming. That's the Holy Spirit, God. So the significance of God coming to you and dwelling with us, his followers, is that the Holy Spirit is here with us. His presence is here with us. So it's, it's not the same, I understand, as like physically the mysterious wonder of, of having humanity and divinity like forming within you, but at the same time, we have the very presence of God. Now that thought, in a sense, is terrifying, but beautiful, all at the same time, something that I take for granted, and we just lose sight of like the reality of like God is here. His presence is with us, dwelling with us. So how does God's might and His holiness and yet presence with and in you affect you? And so Mary, she's just thinking about this humility. She's thinking about God's might and holiness. Thirdly, God's mercy here throughout history. Verse 50, where we left off, she says, and His, God's mercy, is for those who fear Him from generation to generation. Now, Mary must have thought about her people's lineage and God's mercy throughout history. She didn't deserve this. Throughout history, God would pursue His people. He would remain faithful to His covenant promise to His people as God's people learned to come back to Him, to repent, to respond to His pursuing of them. They would experience the wonder of God's Mercy. Now, mercy goes along with grace. I like to talk to my boys about the difference of that sometimes, and 
it can be quite confusing. Like, what is grace, mercy? They're kind of the same thing. And they really blend together really well. But favor, God's grace, is giving us something we do not deserve. I like to think of that, you know, like heaven. Forgiveness of sins, heaven, like that's what we don't deserve that we're gaining as we repent, turn from our sins, and trust Jesus. But mercy is withholding that which we do deserve. Justice by holy God standing before the righteous holy judge and deserving eternal damnation or separation from God in hell, but yet not having that because mercy, the judgment of God being withheld. And so grace and mercy coming together. And so the wonder of being shielded from the full justice of God, the full weight of their consequences would be held back because of God's mercy. It's interesting to reflect on all that may have went through Mary's head regarding God's mercy. You know, do you ever think in those moments of your life when you're just hit with the reality of God's mercy in some way? Maybe it's after you realized His kindness in some fresh way. Or with holding something that could have been much worse. You know, I was thinking of examples of this and stuff, and this is something that's fresh in my mind as of last night. Uh, my wife, Laura, and I were talking uh, on the drive, and evidently driving on the slick roads at night, I'm still trying to like not be wigged out about an experience that happened about a year ago. Uh, we were driving, and we were coming south of uh, Denali area, um, Cantwell area, and we had studs on our Suburban, and I had it in two-wheel drive. I was going about 20 miles an hour under the speed limit because I knew it was slick, but we came around this slight corner. What I didn't realize is there was this riverbed in the valley below. It was dark. And so you could have, like, it's one of those conditions where you could have ice skated, literally, uh, across. And so that, that Suburban just whipped without any warning and wasn't able to catch it. And next thing I knew, our whatever, 7,300-pound, three-quarter-ton Suburban, left the road surface, caught a little bit of air, and uh, did a, a rotation, didn't flip over, uh, and went down this little ravine of sorts and rested basically sideways uh, against the alders that kept us from going down to the riverbed below. And uh, crawled out of that thing. Boy, our boys slept through the whole thing. Our dog was the most wigged out after it, and after the adrenaline calmed down and got up and uh, had one of those little Garmin in-reach things and was able to text and get some help um, and was able to get out of that situation. And that night, we, we joke around still that uh, we're sitting in the back of a trooper vehicle and Laura's like, you didn't think this night was going to end in the back of a cop car. <laughs> no, I didn't see that coming. But God, his mercy, even in situations like that, like it could have been much worse. God was at work in that. Somehow that suburban is still sitting out here. It's all fixed, and that's a whole other crazy story in of itself. But whether it's a situation like that or whether it's some other part of your journey in life of God breaking in, recognizing what He protects us from, shields us from, that His mercy comes and it hits you. Maybe it's a certain song or memory that pops up. I think it's crazy how music can do that to us. You just drive along and a song comes on and like instantly takes you back to a time like 12 years ago. 
And those experiences that make you become so grateful for His mercy that we so don't deserve. You think back about your own past history, baggage, life journey. I mentioned earlier, like my whole world today is in the area of recovery and addiction recovery. One of the things that was embedded in my story that God has brought in the last few years out to be able to talk about and really find fresh healing on and work through is the the area of being addicted to pornography for years and carrying that in a closet addiction into my marriage and into ministry and putting a a plastic smiling face on and pretending that everything is okay. Um, But God brings victory and has found freedom and healing. And now I get to do what I'm doing today through all these areas of ministry. And so for you, like no matter what you have in your story, even if it's still in process, even if it's a skeleton in your closet and nobody else knows about it, or you're really wrestling or you have someone that's close to you that's wrestling in some situation, God's mercy is here for you and it's never too late. So when is the last time the weight of God's mercy in your own story has really hit you? So this Christmas season, reflect on your story of where you are today, of where you've come, of how you were raised, of things you're going through right now, and and allow like the beauty of what God was revealing to Mary to be freshly revealed to you as well. And then fourthly, as our last point here in the text, she has this focus on God's work among her, among her people, God's people. Pick back up there in verse 51. She says, he, God, has shown strength with his arm. He has scattered the proud in the thoughts of their hearts. He has brought down the mighty from their thrones and exalted those of humble estate. He has filled the hungry with good things and the rich he has sent away empty. He has helped his servant Israel in the remembrance of his mercy as he spoke to our fathers, to Abraham and to his offspring forever. And then, Verse 56 tells us Mary remained with her about three months and returned to her home. It's like this this time away becomes a moment for her to really process all this and reflect in this worship before God about her life was going to continue to be irrevocably changed going forward. This God from thousands of years of Old Testament history was now crashing into her personal life journey. He was not done with Mary or her people. He had a plan and it was coming together from generations until now. Throughout the generations of history surrounding the conquest of the promised land, throughout the times of the kings rising and falling, the times of the prophets and all the enemy nations coming against God's people, and up until this very time of the Roman oppression, over Israel in the New Testament, God has shown His strength and thwarted the proud. He has brought down the mighty. He has exalted the humble, those who have truly learned to wait on the Lord and find Him renew their strength. Those truly seeking Him, He was filled, and those who run, those people who run headlong after this world, back then, us today, after the world's prestige, power, possessions. God lets them go their own way into eternal emptiness and separation for Him if we, if we keep going that direction. And we head that way in our journeys at some point, but in all of this, in Israel, 
and their journey and their cycles of running from God and Him pursuing them and how we relate to that as well. In all of this, God's salvation, redemptive plan for His people still stands. Even for little Israel, He made a covenant. He formed this people. He continued displaying His mercy and He stayed loyal to continuing His work through their ancestors and generations of people. Even the fact that there's a small area in the Middle East still known as Israel is testament to this. For us, as we step back and think about, as Mary did, her own people throughout the generations and God's mighty work in them. Similarly for us, God has a plan still for us as people today. And my part and your part in that plan. You may not be Jewish as Mary was. Most of us are likely Gentiles, but God's plan unfolded to include all nations. This is the beauty of the Great Commission. The mission of God is to go into all the world, all the nations, all ethnicities, and you think on your story and your part in that. He's been there. God has been there all along. He knows the family you were born into. He knows the details about how He created you, your talents, your skills, your passions, all of those things. And He knows your past. He knows your hurts. He knows your trauma, the things that have been done to you. But He also knows your rebellion, your response, your sin, how you traded a walk with Him for other lesser things. And yet, He has still pursued you. And He has still pursued me and you and me, like humble Mary here, are called to walk with Him, to look back, to realize in our present, and to look forward in our future that His work in our lives is mighty strength. That He fights against His enemies and your humble God-exalting work in your own life and calling. And so, as we step back and reflect on all these things along with Mary in this text and what God was revealing to her here. We've looked at the crashing in or the breaking in of God's revelation in Mary's ordinary life of God bringing the extraordinary supernatural into the ordinary natural. And when you think about the amazing pursuing and redemptive work of God at Christmas and in our lives today, May we step back and stand in awe at the beauty like Mary did. That we'd be able to, to ponder in a similar way this song of praise and these brief verses here. And so our response, like with Mary, of humility and, and in awe at God's mercy and His holiness and His might and His work in history, overall history, and your story as well, and our beautiful, simple part within that. And so this Christmas, no matter how familiar the season may be, no matter the good or the bad or the loss or the tragedy that the season reminds you of, because I recognize that for some of us, it's not all good memories. Sometimes there's loss and bad mixed in there as well that we grapple with during this season. But no matter what it reminds you of, immerse yourself in this text where you are hit with the reality of God's work of redemption, God's work in you now, 
and in such a fresh way that it's like it was back then for Mary that you're blown away by the breaking in of God's revelation. And then this response here for us, what are we going to do about it? Two simple things. Really, a third one should be added as well. But if you have never come to faith in Jesus, like this would not be complete without calling you to consider your condition before God Almighty, the God of might, the God of strength, the God of holiness, that in our sin there's a separation between us and God, but because of His incredible grace and mercy and sacrificial love that He's made a way for us to respond, He pursues you, and if you have never turned from your sin, repented, and embraced Jesus for that forgiveness by faith in Him, not anything in your own not any sort of religious baggage, not, not any, any shame that like you are encumbered and weighed down like I'm not worthy of that. None of us are worthy of that, but it's not about you, it's about him. And, and he like transforms us and, and calls us just as you are to him and he will rock your life and continue to transform you and just open your heart to him. Well, the two that I have on the screen, though, are responding here in fresh worship and praise, just like we see here. And we're going to do that. And the, I don't know who, like, chose these songs and stuff this morning, but uh, the songs after just fits so well with all this of standing in awe at who, who God is and what he's done. So us responding, we get a chance to do that now here. And then as we go our separate ways throughout this week, that we would continue to reflect on all of this and to be able to express lives of worship to him, and then secondly, carry out the mission that God has for you. If you just had kind of this talk as a church on, on vision, and, and, and it could be easy to get lost in the details of like, that's awesome, like my church is doing this, and it's gonna be cool, I'll kind of buckle up and hang on, and we'll see what happens. But see like what is your role in that? No matter what children, youth, adult, no matter what generation you're from, no matter how new you are to the Christian faith or not, Maybe you're just visiting in here and uh, no matter how you relate to this, but what is your role, your specific role in carrying out, like for Mary, she was learning her role as God broke in. Like her role was to like have this kid who was God, Jesus, and like raise him and like crazy. What is your role in the mission of God to carry out? And so as you as a church talk and dream and plan about that mission that he has for you for disciple making and church planting, See your role within that. Gracious God, I thank you so much for, for your word. I thank you so much for who you are, like how you've revealed yourself in this passage. I pray, God, that you would help us, your people, Lord, to just stand in awe in a fresh way at who you are as we respond in worship, as we respond in in whatever the mission of God looks like for each and every one of us and our part within your body. And if there's those within this place that need to come to you, God, I just pray specifically, whether it's for salvation, whether it's just coming in humility to get some help and to work through some things in their life, God, we're all here for each other. I pray that, God, they would not leave this place before like calling out to you talking to other people if they need counsel and prayer together Lord there's not anything that anybody has done in this place God that, that is too far gone or too messy or too shocking for you God because you already know that and so I pray that you will break into 
those stories, all of our stories, and do your work in this place, we pray in Jesus' name.